Hello everyone, Dr. Stillman here, and today we are going to talk about how many supplements you should take and what they should cost. As always, this is one of my Monday Masterclass series. If you are not subscribed to these and you'd like to be, go to stillmanmd.substack.com and subscribe. In these Monday Masterclasses, I try to bring you enlightening, inspiring information that helps you live a better life, get better health care, and take better care of yourself. So without further ado, let's dive into today's topic which is, as I said before, how many supplements you should take and what it should cost. So I've worked at a lot of different um, medical practices. I've used a lot of different paradigms when it comes to protocols and, you know, call it functional medicine, integrated medicine, natural medicine. I've had lots of friends from naturopaths to herbalists to all kinds of different people who put people on supplements. And so I have a lot of a wide range of experience, let's, let's say, on a, using supplements myself, using supplements as a clinician or, or doctor, and then also watching other clinicians and other practitioners use supplements. Right now, uh, what I've found to be working best in my practice, having looked at this topic for about 20 years now, between being a patient, an apprentice, a student, and now a doctor, I've found that mineral balancing is the most successful thing that there is for supplementation, which is why we have mineral balancing courses now. You can sign up for the waiting list uh, if you go to Dr. Stillman Special Offers. If you join our uh, email list at stillmanwellness.com, you can get links for all those things and know when we're going to be coming out with them. So that's what I find to be most helpful. And I'm going to share with you basically a, a tally of how much it should cost and why it should cost that and different things uh, about what you should expect to be paying per month for supplements if you want to engage with functional, integrative, natural, whatever you end up calling it, medicine. So without further ado, though, let's jump into why you should absolutely not, under any circumstances, uh, shop for supplements based on price. And this is maybe the biggest mistake that I see people making in the health and wellness space. They think that they should get a good deal on supplements. Do not try to get a deal on supplements. Try to get a good quality supplement. And here is why. So it's contaminants in supplements. This has become a bigger and bigger and bigger topic in the space as more and more people have published on it. And frankly, it's a problem we all face with rising population densities on planet Earth. There are more and more people. They're becoming accustomed to a higher and higher quality of life. With a higher and higher quality of life, you have more and more and more costs. And with those costs, in order to meet those costs, you generally speaking have to produce some waste. What does that waste look like? It looks like uh, plumes of pollution coming out of chemical plants and um, energy power plants. It looks like trash accumulating in our rivers and oceans. It looks like levels of mercury in the ocean gradually rising over really centuries uh, since the industrialization of the world began. And even before that, with ancient civilizations that put out enough pollution, like the ancient Chinese and the ancient Romans, to have the peaks of their civilizations show up in polar ice caps. Um, what I mean by that is that if you go back and you look at cores of ice in the in the Arctic or the Antarctic, perhaps, you'll see that there's there's levels where there's more heavy metals and minerals. And that is or can be traced back to periods of peak production in ancient civilizations. 
So the more people we have on planet Earth and the more chemical contamination of the environment they're engaged in in order to meet their uh, desires, the more we all face the problem of supplement contamination, okay? And this is actually a really big deal. I Many of us want to not look at this problem because it's an inconvenient truth, right? You've probably seen these headlines like, you know, lead found in popular chocolate and you click on it and you cringe and you think, oh, I hope it's not the chocolate I like, right? But this is why I'm really picky about my supplements in a way that I didn't used to be. I've rarely seen contamination problem with supplements. And before I go any further, I will say a lot of this ends up being grist for the fear mongers who want to get everyone off of dietary supplements and nutrients and onto pharmaceutical drugs, which as you probably know, if you follow me is, I mean, I don't use any, I use hardly any drugs. I almost fix everything practically speaking with diet and lifestyle improvements. So don't fall for the narrative that all supplements are bad, but be picky about your supplements and be prepared to invest. However, don't expect to spend a thousand dollars a month on supplements. I can't, I, I've never done that ever in my life. And I see other practitioners doing it and I see it burning patients out because they get pill fatigue. I see this then undermining confidence in the profession or the practitioner. And eventually the patients come away saying, I spent thousands of dollars in supplements. I know my provider made a certain amount of money on the supplements and I don't feel like they served me well because I didn't get the outcome that I want, which is why in my practice, we don't lead with supplements and we certainly don't lead with drugs. We lead with diet and lifestyle changes. And we're very clear with people that if they want to do things with food rather than supplements, jump on a call with me in a group call, and I will educate you as to how to meet your nutritional goals with food rather than supplements. We're the only practice that I know that really makes a really big point of doing that. Okay, enough about that. What kinds of contaminants do we find in food supplements? So in this paper, contaminants, full colon, a dark side of food supplements. Uh, they have uh, abbreviated food supplements as FS. And in the paper, quote, this paper reviews and discusses the occurrence of contaminants in marketed samples of food supplements in the past two decades. The most relevant classes of contaminants were included, namely metals, toxins, pesticides, dioxins, and PCBs, as well as pharmacologically active ingredients. Variable amounts of contaminants were reported in a significant number of commercially available food supplements. And then they walk you through all these different products I am not going to walk you through these products uh, or these studies because there are too many of them and we don't have time, but I want to share with you some of the more compelling evidence here on heavy metals. And for the record, guys, I'm picking on heavy metals because they are the most powerful toxins on a pound for pound basis as a group, and they are extremely ubiquitous in the environment. They're very hard to get away from. Okay. I also see levels of these on the hair tissue testing that I do in my practice every quarter for each patient. And what I see has really convinced me that people are being exposed to levels of these things that they're not aware of. And that as they improve their health, they begin to push these things out and then feel better. So I'm, I'm a big fan of monitoring these. And one of the reasons why I'm so confident that my supplements that I use in my practice don't have heavy metals in them is that I have yet to see any kind of trend between using these protocols and having uh, contamination. We would know if we had heavy metals in our supplements is what I'm saying. Okay, 
For instance, and this is a quote from the paper, in the report by Dolan et al., the concentrations of arsenic and cadmium measured were considered below the tolerable limits defined as 15 and 7 micrograms per kilogram um, body weight per week, respectively, and only one food supplement yielded an unacceptable exposure to mercury of 13 micrograms per kilogram body weight per week. Now, I want to pause and unpack what they just said because they just blew past something that I think is incredibly important in the toxicological literature and that they don't list anywhere else in this paper. So when we think about heavy metals, it's very important to understand that there are acceptable limits and then there are healthy or optimal limits. It's not reasonable to expect uh, a zero level of elements that naturally occur in virtually anything if you have enough of it, right? Like there's going to be some lead in your world and in your life. I'm sorry, but it's just a simple fact. But the acceptable limits for foods and supplements are set based on what the authorities are concerned will acutely or subacutely poison people. You want these levels to be as low as possible. And I would submit to you that that is much lower than the acceptable levels that the authorities are in play are putting in place. Okay. And so when they say this, it sounds, oh, there were only a few that were out of range. Well, what's optimal here? I would say optimal is as low as possible. And the lows, as you'll see, if you dig into this literature are much lower than some of the highs you're going to find. So a lot of products out there have very high levels compared to other products. The same study also found 11 products that provide estimated exposures of lead exceeding the provisional tolerable intake of lead de defined for sensitive populations such as children and women of childbearing age, especially if pregnant, 6 to 25 micrograms per kilogram per week. Okay, what does that mean? This is not the same for all people, all right? If you're a pregnant woman, if you're supplementing a child, you have to be extra careful that your supplements do not have any of these contaminants in them, okay? This is another reason why I'm a big fan of hair testing in general. You're gonna pick up on these really potent toxins right there in the test, which is very affordable, very reasonable to do. And yeah, I couldn't agree more that these populations are special and need to be treated as such. Schwalfenberg et al. recently reported that diverse prenatal vitamin supplements were contaminated with different toxic metals while the levels of mercury present in 14 out of 50 samples and cadmium present in all samples were within the tolerable limits, the levels of lead and arsenic, both present in all samples, surpassed the accepted standards in some food supplements, with one food supplement yielding 4 milligrams or micrograms excuse me, per day of lead. This is a real problem. You would better pay attention to it. You don't need to spend your whole life researching your supplements. This is part of the value I've found in being part of one of our, our coaching programs at Stillman Wellness or the medical practice at stillmanmd.com is that we're able to help you understand what should you be taking as a supplement. Before you put any money out into supplements per month, why don't you get some guidance on what you actually need, which we'll also talk about, okay? And this is a great review. There's lots more in here, all kinds of different uh, toxins that they reviewed. That I won't get into because I don't want to take all that time. Heavy, heavy metal contamination of dietary supplement products available in the United Arab Emirates markets and the associated risk. Another great paper. Okay. 
So this research was undertaken to investigate the daily exposure levels of heavy metals and dietary supplements available in the UAE and to explore the factors associated with the contamination of dietary supplements with heavy metals. A total of 227 dietary supplement samples were collected from the UAE market and prepared for the analysis of selected heavy metal contamination. That is a large, I would say, a large sample size. Okay, I don't use more than probably 15 to 20 different dietary supplements in my whole practice. The average daily intake of cadmium was 0.73 micrograms. Uh, the average daily intake of lead was 0.85 micrograms. And the average daily intake of arsenic was 0.67 micrograms. And I didn't list this, but they compare this to the acceptable daily intake and point out that it's lower than that. But you have to remember the daily intake, there's going to be a contribution from air pollution. There's going to be a contribution from water pollution. And there's going to be a contribution from food. There will be a contribution from cosmetics and personal care products, anything from sunscreen to skin lotion. And then there's going to be a contribution from dietary supplements, and, and that's not even taking into account medications. So when you take all of those things together, the levels they found of these heavy metals and dietary supplements are going to make a meaningful contribution to your overall burden of heavy metals. And that's very important for people to understand because you are not going to be able to smell, touch, taste, or otherwise detect that you are being slowly poisoned with these things. You're just going to keep taking the supplement and keep thinking that you're getting the value and that it's healing your body and making you well. Okay. Same thing they found essentially, practically speaking, in Lebanon. So this one was a uh, the current study. Uh, I'll, I'll read the title first. So evaluation of heavy metals content in dietary supplements in Lebanon. Current study aimed at analyzing the metals in 33 samples of imported dietary supplements highly consumed by the Lebanese population using three different techniques to ensure the safety and increase the awareness of the citizen to benefit from these dietary supplements. Some samples had levels of metals above their maximum allowable levels, iron, zinc, manganese, selenium, molybdenum, but did not pose any health risk because they were below permitted daily exposure limits and recommended daily allowance except for iron in 6% of samples. Now that's going to be highly, highly individualized. No amount of supplemental iron is safe for someone who, for example, is dealing with iron overload. And if you haven't watched my videos on iron and iron overload, you absolutely should. It's some of my best content. Some of our best webinars at the Fundamentals of Wellness course and Dr. Stillman's Wellness Secrets is on iron. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. I can't give you more detail than that here because we've broken it down elsewhere. But, you know, again, this should be customized. It should be tailored. The idea of a multivitamin in many ways is flawed, and we need to be wary of it in general. Your multivitamin should be tailored to you by a clinician who understands your unique context. Okay, anyway. 34% of the samples had copper levels above allowable limits, where 18% of them were above their permitted daily exposure and recommended daily allowance. That's a big deal. So sometimes people are taking way too much copper in their dietary supplements. And there's no guarantee that this copper is usable by the body. It may be in forms that are not bioavailable. Okay. It's a very different concept that has to do with ionic mimicry and ionomics, which is another story for another day. That's why I've put out also a lot of content at my Substack, stillmanmd.substack.com, and on my YouTube channel about high intakes of copper and how they can affect your health, right? 
All samples had concentrations of chromium, mercury, and lead below allowable limits and daily exposure. However, 30% of analyzed samples had levels of cadmium above allowable levels and were statistically correlated with calcium and zinc and essential minerals. Similarly, 62% of the samples had levels of arsenic above allowable limits, and arsenic levels were associated with iron and manganese essential minerals. So you see this cross-contamination of minerals where there are high levels of cadmium, high levels potentially of arsenic in this study, but believe me, this is a small sample. And so these contamination problems are true across the board, and people have to be aware of them if they're going to leave, lead long, healthy, happy, fulfilling lives. Okay, this is not just a problem in the Middle East, okay? This is a paper from Italy, Heavy Metal Occurrence in Italian Food Supplements. The aim of this work was to evaluate arsenic, cadmium, chromium, lead, and mercury content in 12 food supplements seized in a Piedmont shop by the Italian Authority Against Food Adulterations. Only one sample exceeded the European maximum limits for lead, but warning levels of chromium has been detected in three of them. Why is this important? There were only 12 supplements analyzed. One of them exceeded the levels that are allowable for lead. And remember, these levels are being set by people who do not worry about small amounts of contamination. People like me might say, well, we should absolutely have the lead level be something like 200 milligrams per kilogram, which is tiny or, or um, tiny compared to what they actually are, right? So keep that uh, in mind. All right. When you Google what should my supplements cost or how can I get more affordable supplements, you'll often get articles like this. And I have no, no disrespect towards this company. I like them. I like a lot of what they've done for integrative medicine. But I think that what's happening with a lot of consumers is they're falling into the same thinking for their health and wellness that they use for other elements of their life. So I don't begrudge anyone looking for a deal on a car. I don't begrudge anyone looking for a deal on a house, although that can get kind of dicey when it comes to sick buildings and mold and water damage and all kinds of other problems. I don't begrudge anyone shopping around for the best price. But if you're shopping for supplements based on price, I don't think you have any business buying supplements until you've completely dialed in your diet, which is something we do in the Fundamentals of Wellness course with coaching program. Because it is very simple to get most of your dietary needs on a day-to-day -day basis, unless you're under extreme stress from your food. And many of you don't necessarily need supplements. Do you need them for optimal performance? Yes. That's why guys like my friend Ben Greenfield take a lot of supplements. They know that they're not the average person leading a low stress, I don't want to say boring, but not high octane, high paced life, right? Um, high performers know they need supplements because they notice the difference in their performance and because they know that they are running their engine at 6,000 RPMs and they would be crazy not to put higher quality and more gas in the gas tank plus better quality oil in the oil pan, okay? So when people think about what supplements should cost, this passage in this article really stands out to me. Members always receive a 25% discount off the retail price of the supplement. The big savings occur when members purchase multiple bottles. For instance, when four or 10 bottles of a product are purchased, 
the savings can exceed 50%. That right there tells you about where the floor is on wholesale prices for supplements. Below 50%, people, and that is supplement manufacturers, generally speaking, cannot turn a profit. When it comes to shipping costs, bottling, manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera. What I will tell you is that it is well known in the supplement industry and in the integrative health industry that people over the last 30, 40, 50 years have aggressively outsourced to nations that have horrible environmental quality. And those nations are places where there is also very poor control over quality. I talked to somebody about this the other day. I'll name him. Russell Jaffe and I spoke about this, and he said, when you outsource to a country with a lower cost of production, but a higher level of, of corruption, what you end up having to do is spend more money making sure that what you're shipping is what they said it is, and the quality is there. So he manufactures all of his Perk Health supplements in the United States. And I will tell you, we have patient after patient try the vitamin C from Perk Health, and we have patient after patient say, wow, that was an amazing result compared to what I'm used to because the supplement is the real deal. It's fully reacted. It's fully, uh, fully reduced. It is an incredible supplement. You can find out more about that if you go to my Substack and you look for uh, vitamin C. My protocols for this uh, and my sources for this will come up. And you can find it if you go to the uh, what I keep in my medicine cabinet post on Substack as well. So I want you guys to be aware of this. When you're buying supplements, you're often buying them at a, you know, a markup of about a, about 100%. In other words, the wholesale cost, add that cost to the supplement, and that's what it costs the manufacturer, or that's what it's going to cost the consumer. Now you have to realize there's a lot of work that goes into curating supplements. I spend a non-trivial amount of my time figuring out what works, why, making sure it works, picking products, you know, finding new products if products are backordered, testing them, making sure they work as advertised, making sure they don't contain fillers, excipients, additives, let alone making sure that they're sourced from a good place. So there's time that clinicians spend on sourcing good supplements for their patients. There's time that uh, companies spend in, you know, all of the necessary things like having inventory and tracking inventory and shipping and all that stuff. So there's a real cost here. Uh, but I'm telling you what you should plan on spending. Okay. So without further ado, what exactly should you plan on spending? So if you're curious on what I might spend in a month in my my own personal health on this, this is a pretty uh, this is a pretty accurate breakdown of a supplement protocol that I might use for a patient and that I might use for myself. And I'm realizing these are a little bit small. So we're going to increase the font size and hopefully that's a little bit better. Okay. And for those of you who are curious as well, I publish this kind of material at my Substack in the premium uh, uh, content all the time. Uh, but I don't put all of it beyond the paywall because to be completely frank with you, it's valuable. Right. One of the goals of the premium subscription at my Substack is for me to save you the cost of the premium subscription every single year in resources that you find yourself using every week, every month, every six months that save you, say, the cost of an urgent care visit, the cost of a higher deductible or a, sorry, a higher uh, 
uh, a monthly fee for something like health insurance that save you the cost of supplements or, or foods or whatever. Because one of the things I try to do with the premium articles is I try to teach people how to do all this with food. But this is a pretty representative example of a supplement protocol I would put someone on for a hair tissue mineral balancing uh, test result. One thing I do want to mention is that there's practitioners out there who are much more aggressive than I am. They might triple the doses of some of these. I will sometimes go up by one or two tablets on some of these doses in someone who I think really needs it. And that can have a significant impact on the cost. But you'll notice that in general, we've got a handful of supplements, five or it's actually seven total. If you buy a two month supply of each of these in general, it's going to cost you about $300. Okay. That's taking one uh, pill of each, each time you take it. Now I'll usually dose people on these three times a day. Okay. And that means that there are 90, 30 to 90 doses per month. The one exception is vitamin D. I don't put everyone on vitamin D because guess what? Many of you are getting your vitamin D from the sun. This month, I am spending some time in Nicaragua. Outside the UV index at noon here is like 10, 9. It's very hot and I can get a sunburn very easily, uh, which means that I don't need to take a vitamin D supplement while I'm here. I'm getting my vitamin D from the sun, okay? But most of my people in cold places at this time of year are going to need a vitamin D supplement to have a normal vitamin D. And I shouldn't say normal. I should say optimal vitamin D level. I also don't put everyone on kelp. In Dr. Stillman's detox powder, which is a recipe in the Substack for the premium members, I will teach you how to make the detox powder, which contains the right amount of kelp for most people, and I will show you how to do it so you save money on the retail cost of competing products that are being marked up, as I explain in some premium videos. I will use typically a metabolic pack, which is like a B vitamin complex, some plus or minus some minerals. I will usually use a glandular. The glandular is a, a combination of organ um, uh, supplements, things like adrenal gland or thyroid gland, spleen, parathyroid, stuff like that. It's very... If you want to learn more about that, take the HTMA course because we unpack it in a lot of detail. It would be common for me to use a single mineral like zinc, chromium, selenium, molybdenum, manganese, and that's usually going to run about $25. And then GB3 is a game-changing dietary supplement for the gut. It contains pancreatin, which is pancreatic enzymes, ox bile, and uh, bile acids. And it can be really helpful for a lot of people with GI issues, I've found. So what does this work out to? Okay. Bottles per month, you're going to end up using about half of a bottle of 180 tablets. And then the cost per month is going to break down to about $146 per month. The cost per year is going to be about $1,700, $1,762 to be exact, right? That's what I budget for my supplements. It's what I budget for patients or recommend to patients. Typically, sometimes we may come in, in under this. Sometimes we may come in over this. Sometimes I'm using supplements like, say, melatonin or other sleep supplements or amino acids or whatever. This number can run up to $200, $300 a month. But I cannot think of a time in recent memory where I've gone over that. And usually when I'm running over this number, I'm discussing with the patient, hey, I know I've put you on a lot of supplements. I can teach you how to do a lot of this with food, but it's going to take work and it's going to take consistency on your part in order to succeed if you try to do it with food. 
And I don't want to set you up for failure if you're not willing or interested in putting in the work. So that is what I find helpful. Shannon Oxford says, I just ordered all the powders from Mountain Rose Herbs for the detox powder. It was about 80 bucks. Should last forever. Thank you, Shannon. I'm glad that you're finding that helpful. And if you were to try this with a competing product, you'd probably end up spending two or $300 on the greens powder for the year. And I think my product has a much better formulation. But then again, I'm biased. So that's all for today, everyone. Remember, make sure that you're subscribed at stillmanmd.substack.com. If you would like to get an email when this comes out every week, make sure you're signed up for the rest of our emails at stillmanwellness.com. We've got emails coming out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The majority of these are educational in nature and meant to inspire you, educate you, help you live a better, healthier life. As always, thank you everyone for watching. Take care and don't forget to get outside.